Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. On Wednesdays, you all know we are joined by Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Really excited to have Bill back again to record with us. Always a great time catching up with him. We actually have some sports to talk about, which uh, what a concept that is, right? So looking forward to talk a lot of baseball on their show. We'll mix in a little bit on current events, some of the political side of things and the virus, of course. But our emphasis and focus on this show coming up here is sports and baseball and some of the things that have been going on now that they've been playing a week, maybe some of the upcoming sports uh, regarding uh, football and just uh, maybe a little boxing. We're going to touch on a lot of different things. So looking forward to talking with Bill Barnes, who just celebrated a birthday recently on Monday. So we'll talk about that as well. I know he is uh, not too thrilled, but it is what it is. So happy birthday, Bill, and uh, looking forward to talking with you very soon. Uh, a couple things I want to bring up. Uh, I was actually out of town for a few days, and so our Monday and Tuesday show did not talk a lot about, uh, wasn't, I guess, up to date on some of the things that uh, we had previously recorded. But uh, some of the things that are going on in Major League Baseball and, and sports, the political side of things, I think they really need to be careful. I keep saying that. Uh, I do want to applaud somebody. Uh, I never thought as a Dodgers fan growing up that I would ever applaud a San Francisco Giants player, but I do want to applaud uh, Sam Coonrod, who is a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, apparently, uh, in 2020, bravery and courage and literally taking a stand is standing for the national anthem rather than kneeling. So uh, I know uh, it's very fashionable these days to uh, to kneel, to bend the knee, uh, to submit to the mob, to the pressure from the outside world, from all of the uh, social media police. And uh, well, I don't want to say police because that takes away from uh, police officers and, and who they truly are. But this this mob of uh, social media and uh, wokeism and all these different things, uh, all the pressure. I've no, I don't know anything about Mr. Sam Coonrod, but I do know that he decided to stand for the national anthem during the opening weekend of games at Dodger Stadium. Uh, and he, he said, uh, I am a Christian. Uh, that is the biggest reason that he decided to stand. He, he, he said, uh, and I quote, I just believe that I can't kneel before anything besides God. And I think that really puts things into perspective here uh, as far as what kneeling is. Uh, if you're going to make kneeling before the anthem um, a spectacle, um, then I think you need to respect other people who, who don't have your same viewpoints and, and you know, don't infringe upon their religious beliefs or, or their patriotic beliefs as well. So those are my two cents this morning uh, as far as just 
where we're headed in 2020. And I know there's a lot of skeptics and even some people who just want to say, well, you know, it's not a big deal, or maybe we shouldn't play the anthem. We're getting into all that kind of in our conversation with Bill as well. But those are my two cents. Uh, I just want to say that, go on the record and say that uh, I applaud you, Mr. Sam Coonrod. I know you're not the only person out there, but uh, in, in moving forward here with professional sports, I really believe uh, in the next month or so, when you see some of the ratings, uh, I, I am curious if uh, if enough viewers have been pissed off by some of the actions of uh, millionaire athletes uh, playing a game where uh, a lot of other people around the country are are suffering and going through a very, very difficult time. So I'm not going to talk too long this morning because I want to get into the interview with Bill Barnes. Right away, we had a lot to catch up on, a lot of sports to get to. So uh, our interview went uh, a little longer than usual. Uh, we always stretch it out as best we can, especially when Sports is a topic, and there's uh, plenty of things to talk about, so we will get right to uh, our interview with Bill Barnes this morning, but welcome to our weekly Wednesday weigh-in, everybody. We appreciate you listening. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will get right into our weekly interview with the one and only Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every single Wednesday for strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, we are joined once again with the one and only Bill Barnes. We are here recording again at his lovely compound, we'll say. Uh, Bill, good to be back here. Thanks for having me once again here on the, uh, well, I should say, I appreciate you being here on the program, but thank you for having us here at your uh, lovely home again. Well, my pleasure. Glad you could, you know, trek the 10 miles down the 15 freeway to grace my presence. It's uh, deeply appreciated. <laughs> you know, Bill, we mentioned it at the end of last week's show, and I know you don't like talking about it, but you look, uh, you look maybe, uh, you know, a little year wiser, a little year older. I mean, uh, how was your, your birthday on Monday? Did you do anything special? Do you feel older? I mean, what's going I on? did nothing. It was just another day. <laughs> just another day. Um, if you turn the uh, numbers around, I'm 16. <laughs> I, my, my head says 16. My body says 61. Even older, probably. So, uh, you know, nothing you can do about it. You know, two things happen. that um, The sun comes up every day, and every day you get older. And uh, the world keeps spinning. And as long <laughs> as that happens, we're all going to get older, and it's just a stop along the way. Amen to that. Well, since you brought it up, uh, briefly, anyway, what, what was life like for you when you were 16 years old? Oh I mean, my God. Tell the world what the 16-year-old Bill Barnes was like. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, actually, it, I was uh, a lot of baseball. In fact, um, I was thinking about that yesterday. Um, it would have been 19, the summer of 1975. I was playing uh, summer baseball for North high school. I was going to be an incoming junior that year. And we had a summer, um, league, uh, uh, summer league that consisted of Bloomington high school, Eisenhower high school, um, Riverside poly Ramona and Marino Valley. 
So all day games, we would travel in private cars to one of those <laughs> locales. And lo and behold, the, one of the pitchers for Bloomington High School was Mike Ashman. Oh. Mike Ashman, a current coach for the Angels, mm-hmm. former um, head coach at Cal Poly Pomona. And we had, last time I saw him a couple weeks ago, we talked about that. And what we did as a team that year is our coach was a little eccentric, and he decided that we weren't going to play. To, it was not really – we weren't out there to be competitive. We were out there to work on things. So every game one time, and it was against Bloomington, we bunted every time. <laughs> we bunted Love it. every time. And one time we hit, we got on first base, and we would run and hit every time. We would work on things. We worked on, I mean, defensively. We worked, I mean, there's really not much you can do defensively because the other team is not, they were out there to win, and they were out there to, you know, not bunt every time. So we couldn't work bunt defense every time. We couldn't do this, couldn't do that. But on offense, we did a lot of experimentation, and it was just a fun time. It was just a fun time. I was 16 years old, kind of carefree, uh, hadn't got a car yet. Um, I was riding a bicycle, a yellow Schwinn 10-speed bike. I had a lot of hair then, hair flowing in the uh, summer breeze, you know, listening to um, groups like the Eagles and America and, um, you know, uh, Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band, you know, shit like that. So (laughs) that was my life back then. Um, Girls hadn't really discovered me yet. Um, I, I discovered them, trust me, but they hadn't been, you know, it wasn't a two-way street at that time. Did you have the charm that you do? Not one, not quite not, not one fucking bit. No, no not, at not at all. I was a complete loser in the, in the, in the woman category when I was 16. I didn't know how to talk to them. I would freeze up. I was a complete fucking nerd with women. And, um, yeah, that was a work in progress. It took many years to, to refine that skill. And I'm not sure I've even, you know, refined it all that well <laughs> now some 45 years later. But yeah. uh, it is what it is. Um, but that was what I, I was thinking about that yesterday. And, um, you know, Ashman and I talked about that last time I saw him. We were we were bringing back memories. And I think that was the year. Well, the year the next year is when the infamous Dennis Rogers incident that I brought up where he yeah. just, uh, you know, <laughs> rip down a, a an umpire on the field which i found which was hilarious but uh anyway that's oh, what man. i was doing back then oh very watching much. a lot of baseball yeah a lot uh, of baseball to talk about back then oh. back then it was you know you you could actually go to a game you know <laughs> and and sit in the stands and watch a major league baseball game what a concept i mean uh we have a lot of baseball to talk about uh today among other things but we're kind of getting that going today um, it's been about a week now, roughly, uh, a couple series in the books now for Major League Baseball and their, we'll call it, uh, experiment here with the, the 60 game season. We've seen some things that are definitely odd. I know last week with the, the two games that opened, that was very unique. Um, we've seen uh, some ejections already where there's some socially distant policies. We have seen uh, a team actually on Tuesday. Uh, being come up with some positive, have some positive cases of COVID-19 in, in a very short time. Baseball has already had 
their fair share of issues. What would you say just with the first week of, uh, of games here, kind of your early uh, opinions of what you've seen so far? Well, everybody's kind of, it seems like, well, they've only played, you know, three or four games. Mm-hmm. Everybody's either two and two, one and two, a couple yeah. teams are one and three. Uh, the Dodgers, two and two. Um, they look really, really unbeatable the first two games of the year against the Giants, and then their bats went to sleep. Um, you know, it's it's too early to tell who the good ones are. I mean, we know who the good ones are on paper, but paper doesn't win you games. Um, I, I really feel that that uh, by doing how they're doing this season with the travel, even though it's limited, they're playing regionally, you're going to have problems like this. The, the, the Marlins who are based in Miami where COVID is out of control, uh, you know, 15, 17 of their guys came up positive and they've had to po- uh, po- postpone their games, you know, go on pause until next Monday, which is going to put the schedule all, all in a muck. So who knows? I mean, yes, we knew this was going to happen. It'll probably happen again. Um, will it happen to the extent where they have to shit can the season? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I do believe that the by playing a 60-game season, the integrity of the game is already shit, in my opinion. A 60-game season is nowhere near a regular 162. This is some experimental, almost like an exhibition-type year. Nobody in the crowd, no crowds, um, you know, you're not playing, all, all the teams aren't playing everybody. It's just a way for guys, players, umpires, league officials, and TV people and the teams to get paid by the TV rights. So it's a way to get some money in your pocket like they don't need it already, <laughs> but it, that's how they're doing it because obviously it's not for the fans. No, no. And, and it's interesting that I, 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 okay. I get the cut. Okay. I get the background, like covering seats and everything so that the, the, the ball coming off the bat's a little easier, but this whole uh, cardboard cutouts, it, it's just, it's so stupid to me. And I've seen some great uh, jokes about it. Like basically, you know, the Dodger game, uh, Hey, a few of the uh, cardboard cutouts that they left in the uh, eighth inning to beat traffic. I thought that was pretty funny. Another Dodgers giants comment about the cardboard cutouts, uh, getting into a fight in the stands. But it's like you're supposed to take the game serious on the field, and you look in the stands and you see some of this stuff. It's like this is ridiculous. Once again, it's a way for the Dodgers to make money. Those yeah. things are $300 a copy. You know, what if what if a foul ball decapitates one of them? Hit the foul ball behind the plate and it takes <laughs> some somebody's head off. Are, are you going to build a new one for them? Are you going to uh, – what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I know that the Dodgers have a rule where if a ball – a foul ball hits one of the um, cutouts. You get that ball. They'll send you the baseball. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> yeah, Bill, as far as maybe some of the new umpiring crews, we've seen a lot of uh, new faces. Uh, one of my very good friends, Jeremy Riggs, made his major league debut on Tuesday, working a doubleheader in Cleveland. I know there's been some other AAA guys working. Uh, and you know what? I think guys are going to get some opportunities this year, especially when some of the veterans are taking the season off or, you know, whatever the case is. 
yeah, what, what's great is these kids are going to get to come up and almost be in kind of a controlled atmosphere environment. No fans. The pressure, I think, may be a little less because it's just like working, a, you know, a scrimmage, you know, a, a, a single A game, if that, you know, with nobody out there. However, they're going to hear everything from the from the uh, benches um, that that the artificial crowd noise doesn't drown out. So I think it's going to be less pressure for these guys. I know that the first time I walked out on a field that had thousands of people, I was a nervous wreck. Whereas I think if I went out there and the and the uh, the stadium was empty, it would be a little less nerving. Yeah. Well, definitely. You know, people- so this is a good opportunity for these kids to go out and get some games under their belt and, uh, you know, put it in their resume and hopefully, you know, get a job down the road when some of these fossils like Joe West and, and uh, <laughs> these guys retire. Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely is an opportunity. It's a unique time for everybody involved in professional baseball and the guys that have been in a long time getting that opportunity. It's, it's unique. It's, it's very much like the players. It's very similar in that regard. Uh, we talked about hearing things, right. And how uh, it's an adjustment for everybody. Well, it only took a couple games for there to be a couple of ejections. Uh, the first ejection, major league umpire, uh, Jordan Baker ejected uh, Derek Holland of uh, the uh, Pittsburgh pirates, a bench co- or excuse me, a, uh, yeah, a bench player. And, what was interesting is that the ejection happened and then the manager came out to argue the play and the plate umpire put on his mask, not his umpiring mask, but a, a COVID mask. And it was interesting and unique seeing the distance like, Hey, Hey, that's close enough type of a thing. I mean, what were your thoughts on kind of how that looked for the first time? Appropriate. I mean, you knew that, that if, if, uh, an umpire goes into the dugout to get somebody. The manager is going to come out and want an explanation, which he got from a social distance. With and they're both wearing masks. I think it was quite appropriate. I think where you're going to see suspensions and you're going to see some real heavy suspensions is if a player manager uh, get aggressive and get invade an umpire space and get too close. Not only will the umpire's partners come in and probably physically get that guy away, but I'm sure that the, the uh, players of that guy of his team will do the same mm-hmm. because that's in this day and age, it's just not appropriate. It's dangerous. It's unsafe. And it's completely unacceptable for that. Yeah. It's uh, you're, there's never allowed contact, right. To kind of bump someone or that those are always been steep penalties, but now everyone has like this force field around them. Like, Hey, this is too close. And I would say it goes the same way with players, players fighting or getting in, in front of each other's face. I mean, there could be punches not even thrown yes. and fines issued yes. out. Don't, don't invade stuff. my six foot hula hoop. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, it was interesting seeing again, uh, an ejection for the first time in, in Major League Baseball and, and and seeing all that. Something else we saw that didn't take long to get to was the new extra inning rule. And, of course, the uh, Angels out here, they were a, a part of it with the Oakland A's uh, up in the Bay Area. Uh, the first time they put a runner on second base in extra innings. And uh, to to start the 10th inning, right, Is that that's kind of – they don't play – I know in some previous tenth inning, yeah, right off the bat they go uh, runner at second, no outs, and you got to, and it's you know you just continue that process. So that right. was interesting too, right? Right, and it didn't really matter because what happened the the bases ended up getting loaded and it was a walk off grand slam. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that really had no 
you know, bearing on any type of strategy, bunt him over, et cetera, et cetera. It was a, a grand slam that, that ended it. So, and, and as a, as an umpire, I think it's obviously it's It's, it's nice that uh, they, there's that option. I think as an umpire, you've been a part of some really long games. So have I, uh, two things. What are your comments on it? As far as putting someone there in extra innings, uh, your, your outlook at it from an umpire and also your outlook at it from, from a baseball fan, from someone who's grown up watching the game. Do you like the change or not? I think for this situation, yes, it's great. I think they should have a run rule also. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> uh, maybe not after four and a half or five, but after seven, seven innings. If, if it's 10 runs, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these games are, there's no fans there anyway to get their money's worth. So yeah. it's not like you're going to stay there and drink in there. You're going to sell more beer or hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> let's get these guys off the field. They don't want to be there. The umpires don't want to be there. No one wants to be there. Sh- shut the lights off, save them some electricity. Let's get the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, man. Uh, yeah. Extra innings are just are, are awful. <laughs> They're so bad. So I, I think it's a good move. It's uh, yeah. The old school guys are like, well, this is dumb, but uh, you know what? So are 18 inning games. Um, you mentioned it already. But the 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 Miami Marlins, the uh, you know them having at, at one point, I think off the bat it was like eight, and there may have been more numbers to it now who had tested positive for COVID. Uh, I, I will say this though, uh, and, and we'll touch on all, kind of all of it here with the, the Major League Baseball Commissioner Manfred's response and everything. Uh, they've done a lot of testing, like all the leagues have, and this is the first. You knew this was going to happen at some point. So, what are your thoughts early on here with the first team, uh, a group of players and and you know team personnel on the Marlins? This is who've tested positive for COVID, and what do you see going forward? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. My my speculation, my hunch is that they'll rearrange the schedule somehow. They'll try to make up the the uh, games if the Marlins are in the hunt, uh, which they probably won't be because they're a pretty shitty team. But if they are, they'll try to make up the games. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that that it was Miami, even though it, it occurred in Philadelphia, because um, Miami, South Florida is, is really a hotbed for, for COVID-19 uh, cases right now. Now, when I say cases, um, some guys, some people, it doesn't, you, you get a headache and a fever for three or four days and then you're fine. Some people get a cough and, and a body ache and not a fever. It Everybody gets affected by this thing in different ways. So these guys, these 15 players and coaches that, that are on the Marlins, I doubt seriously if any of them are, are critical, any of them are really, really bad. But once again, the whole idea of controlling this virus is not for the ones that can take it well, the ones that can handle it and move on. It's that if you spread it, to someone who's vulnerable. That's the problem. So that's why it's important that these folks get isolated, quarantined, et cetera, et cetera, because obviously the more you spread it amongst the people that are okay, it's going to get out and it's going to hit someone that's not. Mm -hmm. So I think that's their reasoning for shutting down the games. Now they've got a taxi squad of guys, I guess. (laughs) I mean, they can deep, they can reach deep into their, minor league pockets and bring up guys to fill spots in the interim. But I guess that's not what they want to do at this point. 
What'll happen down the road? Who knows? If two or three teams get hit like this, I think the season's in real jeopardy. Well, you know, the commissioner had an interview with uh, Major League Baseball or uh, MLB Network, we'll say, uh, and, and basically was asked a lot of questions. Did you happen to see the interview? I did not. No, uh, I was. It was. It was not what I was expecting to to hear from uh, Commissioner Manfred because I I thought he would go into this panic mode like a lot of other people around the country are doing. A lot of the media really ran with the story and saying this is doomsday. You got to shut everything down. Uh, he was actually pretty calm. He said he, they had had phone calls with owners. Um, they never really discussed shutting down the season. They had contingency plans in place for this type of scenario before they went into the season. So uh, I don't know all the, uh, you know, all the, the, uh, the details of it all necessarily before it sounds like uh, Manfred kind of knew this was going to happen and they have a plan going forward. So uh, I, I like that. I like that. They're not just panicking and shutting everything down. Yeah. There was talk that they should immediately adjust to a tournament style season with three or four different venues, like a world baseball mm -hmm. classic type thing. Um, I think it's too early for that. Yeah. Um, you've already got a, only a 60 game season anyway, which is a joke. So let's just go with this joke until this joke runs out. And then, you know, we'll either shut it down or figure something else out. Um, it, it's really unfortunate because Manfred doesn't know. Fauci doesn't know. Trump doesn't know. Nobody knows no. how long this thing's going to go. And what the effects are going to be. This is something that, that, that nobody knows. Now, do I feel today, tonight, that if there was a, that it, there's a vaccine out there somewhere that somebody cooked up in a, in a, in a uh, test tube somewhere. I think there's something out there, even though it hasn't been completely tested and it hasn't been completely, um, you know, handled with, with samples and whatnot on people. I think there's something out there tonight that could, <laughs> that could probably help some people, but yeah. everybody, you know, but you've got all these federal drug administration rules where you can't administer them until a certain amount of testing. Um, you know, I think if they really wanted to, they could, it's like, you know, if, if I went to my, my rest, my spice cabinet and my, kitchen here and 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 put a dose of shit together and took it it might be some home remedy that would keep me from getting it who knows but i think there's if if, if they really wanted to solve this thing and make it go away they could they'd have to cut some corners and cheat a little bit but i think they could so nobody knows i've said this from the beginning yeah nobody fucking knows and, and they said that in the warm weather would kill it well it's it hasn't it's only <laughs> multiplied in warm weather. I mean, my God, it's taken off like crazy. The hotter the summer's got, the death rate is is continuing to not be as big as I think a lot of people uh, looked forward and, and thought it would be. And so that is, I think, the number the numbers you really have to look at um, in moving forward. But this is basketball starting up soon. Hockey. This is all. This is going to happen more, and it, it's all about. Well, what are your policies? Are you going to shut it down right away? Or are you, I mean, in a way, isn't it? If, if guys get it, is it the worst thing in the world? Yes, if you don't want it to spread. But isn't it a good sign if more people get it and it doesn't affect people maybe yes. the way? Yeah, it's called herd immunity. You want, to, yeah. you want to get it so, you, so, every, you know, so it becomes extinct, I guess. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, I mean, there's just so, so many, this thing is, is crazy. That's why I have my doubts about how it originated, why it originated. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it's just so many, so many question marks. Um, this could have been, this could be the biggest worldwide <laughs> conspiracy ever in the world to try to unseat a president, you know, and that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about the conspiracy of the 9-11 towers. I, I don't buy that. I thought that was bullshit. I think that was completely a terrorist act. Um, this, however, there's just something strange because so many Democrats, so many of these so-called Antifa people and all these folks from the far left have just fed off this, fed off of it to try to bring down this country and bring down what Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, has done yeah. with the economy. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of scare tactics. It's, there's a lot of fear, fear, fear. You know, uh, the world is ending. And who knows, maybe it is. But, you know, we can't sit here and uh, be afraid of something that is a very high survival, survival rate. Um, you know, I don't know how much more we've learned about it or not. I do know that the people that make this virus, uh, they politicize it. They, they talk about how uh, it's funny that everyone from some of the talking points are almost like this virus is smart. Like it won't attack you in a protest, but it'll attack you if you're in a church or won't attack, you know, if you're six feet from someone, but five feet, it'll get you. Well, like, that's another thing. It's I just mean, ridiculous. If we can have a Walmart target places like this open, we can't have, we can't have elementary school kids going to school. Yeah. Here. I mean, they're the ones that are the most far from, from far reaching, uh, Effect, affected by this, you know, they're, they're the ones that, that, uh, the numbers say don't get it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I understand a little bit, maybe middle school, high school. I, I, okay, fine. You know, whatever, but let's get these young kids in school. Yeah. And, and, and that's because said a, their parents need to go to work yeah. and, and not have daycare, uh, uh, issues with these young young kids. The high school kids can stay home by themselves and mm -hmm. wreak havoc. But these young <laughs> youngsters need to be in school. These teachers need to be teaching these kids. They already lost three months last year. You know, I mean, to me, if 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 you're a first grader or a second grader, you've forgotten everything you've learned yeah. that last year because you're not taking the online distance learning uh, properly and and seriously. Because you're just a six, seven year old kid. Mm -hmm. Your attention span is shit. So, so let me ask you this, Bill. Since you mentioned it, okay, you're you're a grandfather. You have a young granddaughter, and she's not ready for school quite yet. But let's say she was a couple years older, and I know uh, she's around some uh, elder people, uh, people much older than you. Uh, would you feel comfortable with your granddaughter in school? Say, if she was two or three years older than she is now? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. I would. Absolutely. Um, for her safety. Yeah. I think she's, she would be okay. Um, there would be amped up testing, I believe, um, for that particular situation. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think, she, you know, if there was a problem, we'd know about it yeah. and we'd be able to, to, uh, quarantine, um, the, the folks that, you know, that, that live with her and whatnot. So that would be okay. I would be okay with that. 
Yeah, I, th I think there, if people are not terrified and people step back and say and really analyze it, I, I think there's a lot of people that feel that way as well. Uh, well. We'll build back to a couple more baseball items, and it's kind of related to, to COVID. I know you've been extremely critical of uh, Dr. Fauci, as many people have been. Well, I'm, but I'm critical of him, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm critical of him because when he's asked a question, well, his answer is, well, it could be dangerous, but we just don't know yet. It could be, um, it could be a problem, but we just—it's all theory. It's all there's no scientific um, basis to his to what he to, to his answers. It's all pure conjecture. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can get Joe shit the Ragman and put him on TV to say the same fucking things. You know, this guy's supposed to be the most the smartest infectious disease uh, doctor in the world. Well, <laughs> tell me what you, you know, give me something. Yeah. Well, uh, the reason I brought him up is I know you're critical as a lot of other people are and rightfully so. Um, did you think he could possibly uh, be worse at something than his uh, press conferences? Uh, then, and then you saw him throw out the first pitch at the nationals game. What, what, what were your thoughts on that effort he made? Unbelievable. That first pitch in Washington. That was unbelievable, man. Well, you can tell the guy doesn't have an, have an, have an athletic bone in his body <laughs> by him, the way he, he looked like a monkey fucking a football, the way he threw that thing. Okay. It was a, just a, atrocious, terrible. It made 50 cent look like Sandy Koufax when he threw his first pitch. That time. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't surprise me. And what pissed me off though is he got to sit and watch the game. I did see that. That didn't seem And he'd had his fucking mask off. Yeah, that's what And so did his lady friend next to him. Yeah, for sure. And, he, and it was almost like a joke because uh, I don't know if 19 is his favorite number. I doubt it. But he's wearing uh, the number 19 on his jersey there is almost making a mockery. Of see, now, I didn't know that. I didn't oh, know that. Yeah. I, I he he that wore up. number 19? Number 19. I'll double check it right now. But I saw that. I said, really? I thought his jersey was just a blank Nationals jersey. I didn't know. Now, if he had number nineteen on, he should be he should be investigated and imprisoned, if that's the case, <laughs> because that's just bad, bad. That's worse than me saying that first base coach for the Giants should hand out juice boxes. Okay, that is bad. Yeah, I I agree, and I and I'll I'll try to confirm that here. But I remember seeing that and going, uh, I definitely got to talk to Bill about this. Well, that I didn't see that. Um, and that is complete bullshit. If, if that's the case, you're right. That is making a mockery of the whole thing. It really is. I mean, and if, and somebody, a, a PR person couldn't be like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have you wear number 19. Uh, the 99 numbers possible. He picks 19. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I doubt he's, uh, that's his favorite number. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, Bill. Uh, okay. Fauci throws out first pitch. Yeah, make no mistake about it. It's not an 18 either. It's uh, it's 19. So uh, yeah, not only was the pitch atrocious, uh, him him being one of the only fans to be there. Uh, that's kind of privileged. Okay, to me. and why doesn't the press go after him like they go after Trump every time he does? Why doesn't the press go after guys like Garcetti aggressively? Guys like Newsom aggressively? You know why? Because the media, the media is on their side. The media in this country is biased against law and order. They are biased against right and wrong. They are there to stir the shit pot. 
Well, you could not have said that uh, better because uh, on uh, on that same night, not only the terrible first pitch, uh, the embarrassment that is wearing number 19 of all numbers, uh, but then there was a bunch of pregame activities, we'll say. Um, and and if, if you're someone who supports the, 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 the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, cause, even though I, I believe they're, they're – it's 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 a very inconsistent. I'll say that. Uh, and some of the activities they did before the game, in my opinion, were like, what are we doing? But that same media that doesn't raise any questions about Dr. Fauci or some of the other politicians, what did they do? Uh, no pun intended here. They wanted to basically crucify the San Francisco Giants player, uh, Sam Coonrad, Coonrad, who refused to stand or excuse me, who refused to kneel during the national anthem and he cited his religious beliefs, him only wanting to uh, take, you know, kneel for his, his Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you're not a religious person, that, that's fine. But what the media did was absolute an absolute witch hunt for this guy and tried to paint him like a criminal. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Of course they did. Of course they did. Now I've told you this once I'll tell you a thousand times, my solution to do away with this national anthem whether you stand, whether you kneel, whether you stay seated, just don't play it. Just don't play it. Mm-hmm. And that's starting to kind of take shape a little bit. Um, you know, I, in the WNBA, don't, get, don't get me started on them. Nobody watches those fucking people anyway, okay? Nobody watches the WNBA. No one cares a lick of shit about no. women's basketball. No, they All right? don't. Nobody does. So they're just trying to get some attention, even though it's negative attention. Um, I, that's a joke. You know, they walk out during the anthem. Well, you know what? Don't play it. There's no, there's no, there's no fans there to stand for it. Yeah. The players, it's a waste. They don't want to. They could care less. You know, they don't care about it. It's, it's, a, it's a platform that for them it's a platform for them to show their protest and their, their, their disgust of, of um, police brutality. Okay, fine. That's not, to me, that's not the venue to do it. Yeah. I, I, I think we're on the same page. I think, you know, we, we had this discussion last week as far as having an anthem or not. And uh, yeah, if you kind of take the, the weapon from it now, I understand, look at, I understand baseball was trying at least to do, uh, we'll say the right thing because uh, I can't think of a better word in having a demonstration before the anthem, uh, you know, and then having the national anthem. But for some people, that still wasn't good enough. I mean, th- there were still people that took a knee during the national anthem yes. as almost to say like, oh, we had this this uh, demonstration also, but I'm still going to protest uh, the American flag and oppression, even though I'm in a in a uh, pro- professional sports league where I am have the opportunity, despite being oppressed to make millions and millions of dollars. So there's just so much, we say it every week, Bill, there's a million inconsistencies uh, that, that don't make sense to people like me and, and a lot of other people out there. Life has really, really gotten inconsistent lately. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, like I've said a couple of times, it's not a good time right now to be a human being. Um, <laughs> life isn't really, really good right now. Um, it, it's just too much speculation we you know the future that's all we can hope for is a better future and i don't know which way this place which way our our uh, our uh, political compass is going to go as far as who's going to get elected you know i'm hoping that once again i've i've said donald trump is not the greatest 
but he's the best of what we have right now compared to the other. And four more years of him is a lot better than a roll of the dice on some progressive Democrat that could really fuck this country up. Well, some of the, the attitudes and approaches that a lot of the, the Democrats and the, the left are pushing, I mean, they really want this country to be torn apart. And I, and I firmly believe this. Had Donald Trump said, I think they are so against him. I mean, if, if he had said uh, they want to go against anything, he said, had he said from the beginning, hey, guys, everyone needs, everyone needs to wear a mask everywhere you go, they would be up in arms over that. And even though that's their agenda now, if he had said, hey, guys, the sky is, is mostly blue and grass is green, they would go on, they would go on a tear about that. They just want to combat this guy every single day. Yes, yes. He could defecate a cure for this virus and it still wouldn't be enough. He could single-handedly put his Superman cape on and bring it to an end. And they would say he was showboating. They say he was, he was being, um, you know, too, too much of a egomaniac or narcissist or whatever they want to call him. No, it wouldn't be good enough. He, he could do, he can do no right by anybody on the left side of the aisle. It's just been proven time and time again. Time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one, one more thing, for, kind of baseball-wise, from last week, uh, your post you made, and we discussed it. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to last week's show. But I'll tell you this, Paul. I don't know if you heard any more uh, feedback or maybe some uh, negative attention from your remarks and even from the podcast. But I received some feedback from a few people in, in person, and I won't say their names, but they did say, hey, that juice box <laughs> That was pretty funny. <laughs> so you did have some people, you know, laughed about. Yeah, I did, and that was my whole intention. That's okay, it. that was my whole intention. I know that she's not going to be handing out juice boxes for Christ's sake. Okay, but uh, there was one particular young lady who's a big baseball fan, who's a Facebook friend of mine. She took real exception with it. She didn't like it, and lo and behold, she sent me a uh, happy birthday. Um, message yesterday on Facebook. And my reply was, oh, I said, well, I said, Kathy, uh, are you still mad at me? I said, uh, you know, I had a, I, or I said, no, I said, Kathy, I, uh, I had a, I had a juice box with my cake today. And I thought of you, I, I go, you're, are you, you're not still mad at me, are you? And she cracked, she thought it was very funny and she's not mad at me anymore. She said that I owe her couple of tacos or something and that's what she i'm not making that up she said tacos that you can go and look it up so anyway um yeah i guess some people got a little pissed but they're hopefully they're over it now and it was only meant as a joke it wasn't serious at all okay you know let's just have some fun and laugh people you know but anyway we um, could use a little more laugh we can't in 2020 we can. and we can i mean i and there's a certain there's a certain friend out there who lives in probably I think uh, Glendora maybe or somewhere out there that um, she took real exception to it, but I don't really give a shit <laughs> because she, you know she, um, she, she won't get over it. I know her well enough. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, you, you did get some feedback and even though it's not always public feedback, uh, <laughs> I, I still hear good things yeah. about you, which is why we have you on every week. I well, mean, it's, if it's, I can just get a listener or two to put a smile on their face, laugh a little bit, 
<laughs> think about, you know, what kind of lunacy is going on in the world. You know, I've done my job. Well, Bill, with sports starting back, there's just there's more to talk about. And we could probably talk on some new subjects rather than just this COVID talk and yeah, your boy Fauci and all these different things. Uh, but as far as baseball goes, they've only played not even a week yet. And it's a short season. I mean, let's say the season finishes out. I mean, who are some of the teams that you think uh, will be in the mix? And before I before we kind of answer that, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but with the new playoff format as well. And how does that kind of go half, into your picks? Half the teams are going to be in, yeah. in the in the playoffs. <laughs> Sixteen out of thirty, yes. over half. <clears throat> However, the higher seed gets uh, gets all home games in the first round. And is it like a three game series or thing? Yes, yeah. to three. I think with the shortened season, it makes more sense. Yes. I, I don't think in a long season it would make more sense. I could understand maybe a little expansion, but it's going to definitely make, make things interesting. And, you know, we talked about it already, but the Marlins, like, the, it, it, can they recover? I doubt they'll be in the playoff mix, but you never know. It seems like anybody can with 16 teams. Well, I I see, of course, the Yankees being right up there, the Dodgers. I see uh, the Cubs making a run. I see the Cleveland Indians making a run. My team to win it all. Because, A, they play in a Midwestern setting. They play some weak teams. Their schedule is very favorable. Minnesota Twins. Wow. I mean, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson. Um, you know, I mean, my goodness. They, they got Rich Hill. They got Kenta Maeda, who I, thought's a, who I think is a great pitcher. Yeah, that's um, you don't. Yeah, you don't have the early season. Max Kepler went to yeah. fire. Mm -hmm. Very good players, and you know, not to tie it into what happened in Minneapolis, but you can't help but not talk about it. That would be well, ironic the, the for beauty, sure. The beauty of it, if they win and they riot, there's nothing to burn down because they already burned down the whole fucking city. <laughs> so it's kind of a win-win, you know. Um, it's I. I no, true, truly, the year 2020 has, will, will end up with the Minnesota Twins being the world champions. <laughs> Man, that, that, would, that would really be something. Uh, I know that city, that area could, you know, use some positivity. So uh, that's an interesting pick, Bill. Uh, who would I pick? I don't know who I would go with. Again, I, this is a shot in the dark. I don't know. I think it's going to be some random team. I really do. Maybe the Twins, like you're saying. I know the popular picks are the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, you know, all these different teams. Uh, I'm trying to think of a team that, would, that could could come out of nowhere. I'm always a little biased to the West Coast and everything. Um, the Twins, that's a good pick. You know, I, I like the – I think the Atlanta Braves are going to be a contender. In the mix, yeah. I think the Cincinnati Reds. Could be right there. I mean, it could be anybody, like you said. Um, I mean, wouldn't it be great if Toronto won it and they didn't have a field? <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> they win the fucking World Series in Buffalo, for God's sakes. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to throw something. I'm going to say, uh, just because it's a team on my mind, obviously, uh, the they're, they're a terrible team, I know. But the New York Mets, should throw it out there. Okay. Why not? Let's Why see not? I, I just pull it out of a hat. Uh, a little irony, but, I don't know if it's irony, but um, I, I don't know who I was having this conversation with, but my very first professional game was in Port St. Lucie, 
Florida, which is the New York Mets spring training facility. That's where we played the games in the Gulf Coast League. And I, I uh, the unfortunate thing about your birthday, except you being a year older, is, is it's a day I'll never forget because yes, I know. Uh, my mom happened to pass away on that day. So uh, it's, it's kind of just weird how things work out. But my mom was from Flushing, from Queens. Uh, they moved out when they when uh, to California when, when she was young and everything. And, and she was a big reason I got involved in professional baseball. So I found it just one of life's little weird twists, really, that my very first game happened to be uh, the team that is kind of known for from the city that mm -hmm. she's from. Again, it was in Florida, but still it was the New York Mets. And so that's always kind of stuck with me as a, a fun uh, topic of discussion. Uh, well, yeah, I think you, that could be interesting. Mets, Mets twins. I say Let's let's both be right, at least in the, the, our pick. What That'd do you think? Great. That would be great. I mean, personally, I really don't give a rat's ass who does. I really mm -hmm. don't. I don't care. This to me, this season is a short joke anyway. It's 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 a it is a tournament. It, it is. is. It is. You know, it's a short sprint. You know, and you lose four or five in a row. That's like losing fifteen in a row. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you could be out of it. Well, and I thought every you know the Dodgers, for instance, I watched the first couple games and. They looked, uh, especially playing the Giants, they just looked so much better than them. And then, in typical Dodger fashion, as I'm sure other fan bases can relate to, uh, they just totally – everything went to sleep, and they played down to their competition, and it was they, – they split the series. It's like, well, you didn't make any – you didn't do anything, you know, to start the season. Two and two, way to go, like a lot of teams are. I did, I did hear this, which I found interesting. The first weekend, it was the first time – I think no team started uh, 0-3. Everybody won at least a game, which which is odd, uh, but just so happened to be this year with the weird scheduling and everything. Mm -hmm. So baseball's up in the air. I do know that baseball. It's going to be a it's it's a it's it's going to be a horse race with a bunch of horses that are all in it. You know? Yeah, and um, you could win your your you could win your your division by 30 games, 20 games, and then shit the bed the first round. <laughs> so it's crazy. Baseball is a crazy game. It's crazier this year. Um, I don't, like I say, I don't particularly like the format. I, I wish they would have just shit canned the season. Yeah. And done it the right way next year or the year after, whenever this thing decides to leave. Um, I think football is going to have a big problem this year. Mm -hmm. I think, um, this basketball thing they're doing. I didn't want to talk about it because it's a, <laughs> it's just fucked up. Yeah. No, it, I, I, don't, I don't even know what hockey's doing. I, I know they're doing, they're still, they're supposed to start in August with this 2014 playoff, but uh, you know, there's still not uh, things going on. I do know that with a lot of the testing they're doing in hockey, in the NBA, uh, and even in baseball with some of the, uh, the recent positive tests that, they are finding there's a thousands of tests they're doing and they're not getting many positive. So I think that's a good sign yeah. um, in moving forward. Uh, I did see this two things. I was out of town uh, recently over the weekend and I was in a, a, a area of the country where you have, there was a baseball game on with the, not, maybe not the city team, but the state team. And it was funny, Bill, we're in this establishment and, you know, we haven't had sports on forever and people are having their, so, you know, sitting there socializing, eating, drinking, whatever. And not one person, the TV was kind of oddly placed, but not one person was really paying attention to the baseball game. And I found that very intriguing. I'm like, this is your team, your town, your, your state. 
and people weren't really paying attention. And, and I don't know how many people are around the country. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I guess they got other things to be thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe extending their unemployment, getting another bump, uh, getting a job. <clears throat> there's a lot of more, there's a lot more important things right now in the world mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. any sport at all. Very much so. And, uh, uh, kind of our last baseball topic, you know, you can't really watch games in person unless you're Dr. Fauci, of course. But uh, I did see, you know, Wrigley Fields one of the only places where you can sit on the rooftops and, they were closed. and take in a ball game. They yeah, were closed. Yeah. And, and I know there was some, you know, they were excited about having that opportunity. And then and even that got shut down. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, man, uh, you think I think San Diego is about the only place now because you've got private property condos. Yeah. That are overlooking. Uh, the stadium there. They probably even shut down that roof bar, obviously, at the Marriott, where we spent some time. I think we were there, weren't we? Did we? Go uh, yeah, that yeah. was right. Same yeah, that's when I met old uh, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. We mentioned him before, God, but yeah, I don't think we've great, told what the a story. Fun, what a great, great opportunity that was. Just right out of the, just crazy. Bill and I were down uh, in San Diego, actually, for a funeral that evening, but we took in the Atlanta Braves and the San Diego Padres game, one o'clock game. Uh, it was one of those Wednesday or it Thursday was, day games. It was games. the yeah. day after the funeral. It was the day after. Okay. Yes. For, for an umpire friend of ours, we went down there and we took in a ball game and uh, we went uh, on the rooftop and we were kind of watching the game, but I don't, I think it was in the lobby and we're walking and, you know, Bill is a guy who's always, uh, he, he's not shy. We'll say that. And, and we're walking and he goes, Hey Matt, is that Mike Leach? And I just kind of look and I went, yeah, yeah, that's Mike Leach. And Bill, I mean, like a sprinter, first step right up to right up to uh, Coach Leach. What'd you tell him, Bill? I said, "Hey, Coach, I'm a big fan. I go, love your <laughs> love your YouTube rants. I go, you're a great uh, inspiration to to old guys like me who uh, kind of old school. And you know, I, I love your style. Yeah, he and goes, well, you know, and he, well, thank you very much. Now, now, this I think it was probably his second year at Washington State, and his first words out of my mouth were out of his mouth were, "Well, thank you very much." He goes you know, we're going to win the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, and, and for I mean, Washington State's had some good teams over the years. Yeah. But they're not that was a, a perennial. That was a stretch. Yeah. So we chatted for a little bit, and we talked and told him my background. He talked about, you know, some things. And and just a down-to-earth, good human being. A little you know, lot, had, had time to, <laughs> to talk to a guy who, you know, recognized him. He was in a pair of shorts and a, and a windbreaker. <laughs> And he he had he was down there for for some type of uh, clinic, and he said, you know, we took the base we went to a baseball game today, and quite possibly two of the worst teams in Major League <laughs> Baseball played today, and the worst team won. <laughs> that, those were his words, and uh, just decent, really nice guy. I got a picture with him, and it was it was fun. And Mike Leach has had some legendary rants, and I think we got to the car and started playing them. Yes, uh, he he's great with the media because he just. He sticks it to him. He doesn't take anything from him. He's hard on his players. Uh, you know, he talks about, you know, paying the bill and be, you know, players having living arrangements and, you know, the, the, the school's paying for their living arrangements, just all kinds of funny things. Uh, and, and, you know, not living in the past, but for the future, he's a great coach. I am happy to see him in the SEC. I know Mississippi State is, is not a juggernaut by any means, but I think he's going to do good things there. Well, he got a huge pay increase. Yeah. And I mean, it was a no brainer because I just don't think he can get the horses at Washington state to no. win big um, Mississippi state. 
that might not be a big ex- expectation to to win at all, but he'll win. Mm-hmm. And what do you make on that, Bill? I mean, we kind of <laughs> start talking college football now, but Mike Leach, we could talk about him every week and all day. And uh, but you know, you have two very polarizing individuals now at the uh, in Mississippi, him at Mississippi State, and then uh, Lane Kiffin at uh, Old Miss. Uh, two, we'll say West Coast guys. Uh, or at least the, in the recent future, recent past. So, I mean, it, it really makes that rivalry something else, right? Those are two very different guys, but very entertaining. Yes. Um, I think Lane Kiffin is your, you know, your pretty boy um, type uh, preppy kid <laughs> who, you know, you know, he had that, he had that little bit of, of time at SC and then you got, uh, you know, Leach, who's kind of a down in the dirt, you know, rough, rough and tumble guy. So yeah, you're right. Two different individuals there. And one of these days when they start playing football, real football again, I'd love to see those two teams play and match up. It'd be a great <laughs> game to watch. Yeah, and, and it always takes a year or two for for <clears throat> coaches to really establish their uh, culture and all their identity and everything. But, man, the SEC, as good a football as they play down there, it definitely got a little more interesting with with those schools who aren't at the top of the conference by any means. But it just goes to show that uh, the the money's there in the SEC. There's personalities now, some really good teams, uh, some really good football that I hope we get to play. Um, Real quick, Bill, there was some news that broke last week. Uh, You know, you just had a 61st birthday. I'm not trying to rub it in. But uh, Mike Tyson is coming out of quote-unquote retirement to fight Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition, eight rounds, coming up here in September. Uh, what are your thoughts on that of, of these old men coming out basically in killer shape but coming out of retirement to uh, to strap uh, scrap a little bit? I would not fuck with Mike Tyson <laughs> if he was 80, okay? That is one mean, psychopathic lunatic, okay? Um, I love it. I, I would watch that fight. Um, I remember, you know, him, his last fight that I saw was him against, uh, oh God, I can't remember when he got the shit kicked out of him. I think it was, in, I think the fight was in Nashville down in the South back in 2002. And I want to say, was it Lennox Lewis that he fought? That sounds right. And he just got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> and, um, I, I just don't think he was training real hard then. I think that age gives you a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of wisdom. And I think he'll go into this probably because he needs the money and B because he just wants to do something. And that's what he knows. Fighting is his life. That's, that was yeah. his life. He's had a long time off and Bill, these are two men. One is 54 and one is 51. And I just can't imagine stepping, I mean, in the ring ever, but, but a, let alone at that age, I've seen some of the training videos Tyson's been doing. He looks absolutely violent and scary, like you said. Uh, it, it's just it, it's going to be entertaining, and I think there's a lot of people like you who are going to purchase that fight uh, here in September and, and watch it. It's going to be uh, very, very entertaining. Uh, two boxers who really put up some great numbers over the years, uh, and, and they are going to make some money, that is for sure. So uh, that was something very, very interesting uh for for sure mike tyson with a career record of uh let's see here 50 and 6 and 
the Roy Jones Jr. as I mentioned, 66 and nine. So not only older gentlemen, but guys who have a lot of experience under their belts. Yes, yes. It was, it, it, we'll call it uh, bum fights to a 2020. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I say, you know, Tyson is an animal. Mike Tyson is an absolute, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a lunatic and he's, uh, he, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. You know, uh, where, you know, George Foreman, I think came out when he was in his mid forties, right? And yes. Fought. Yeah. And he got a lucky punch in and knocked out some guy, but <laughs> Tyson, you know, he's a brawler, man. He's, he's, I I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that fight. Yeah. It, it's going to be fun. And, and yeah, was, like you said, Bill, it was 15 years ago where Tyson uh, played fought Kevin McBride and uh, stops Tyson in six rounds. So that's kind of how Tyson's okay. career ended. Yeah. But man, uh, yeah, that's going to be entertaining. I, I can't believe a guy that old is in that kind of shape. And man, he hits the bag and you're just like, oh, right. I hope that's not my face. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, 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 Bill, as far as football goes, we talked a little college football, but something you and I have a history uh, experience of doing is officiating football. Mm -hmm. And one of the things or a couple things I should say that I saw recently the NFL is still planning to go. They're going to go. They're going to stay on schedule. That's the plan for now. Uh, there have been some uh, adjustments to be made here, uh, especially from the referee standpoint. And uh, I work for Mike Pereira, or at least I did, and uh, <laughs> hopefully I get to work there again this year. Uh, but the other side of things is John Perry, who works for the ESPN side of things, mm -hmm. uh, as far as an officiating. To me, one of the I think one of the best best referees that ever donned the R on his back. John, John Perry. Perry. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Him. I, I put him right up there with, uh, you know, the, the Hockley's, the Jim Tunney's not so much Jim. Jim Tunney was, he, I, I think Jim Tunney's in a league by himself. I really do. <laughs> um, you know, he was the father of the referee position, but I, I, I really liked John Perry, John Perry. Um, I thought he, he retired a little too soon, but so be it. To, the thing is, Bill, with these with these opportunities, you know, Mike Pereira was the pioneer with all this as mm -hmm. far as being an ex-official. And Mike didn't work that long as an official on the field, but he he was a former vice president of officiating. And they took this they took this opportunity, and you've seen it the past couple of years where the other uh, channels have said we need a Mike Pereira one way or another. And so John Pereira Perry does. ESPN, Terry McCauley's now the uh, NBC guy. And then our guy, uh, Gene Steratore is the CBS guy. Mean so, Gene, Mean uh, Gene Steratore, yeah. absolutely. He does, he does college basketball yeah. for them also right. in the mark. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been really good because it's given, whether fans like it or not, it gives them an opportunity to listen and, and for referees and officiating and, and rules to be explained to fans who are usually drunk crazy on their couch. Yes, very much so. I'm surprised baseball has not, yeah, uh, come up with a uh, a uh, umpire and a former umpire. Mm -hmm. um, one comes to mind that would be really, really good. I don't, I don't agree at all with his political views. I'll say that right now. <laughs> but he'd be outstanding. Would be Dale Scott. Okay, I I, lo I like Dale, mm -hmm. even though he's he's he and I are real far apart on our political views. I think Dale would be outstanding as a, uh, wait a minute. You, you like someone that disagrees with you? Yes, I do. What, Absolutely. What, what a concept. 
Can we have more of that going on in the country? That'd be that sure be nice. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. No, no doubt about that. Okay. No kidding. No, Dale would be great. Um, can't think of any other retirement. I think maybe Gary Darling would be good. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few guys out there, um, but again, baseball is pretty cut and dry. After you see a replay, they're either yeah. out of their safe. Yeah, there's not many rule interpretations that need an umpire to explain enforcements, all this and that. Right, yeah. uh, right. Steve Javi does it for the NBA. He great was job. Steve Javi, great job. Actually a former minor league baseball umpire Correct. before he got into officiating basketball. Correct. Uh, so I always liked that thing with, with him. But, yeah, it, it's good to have – give the referees a voice because it's, it's definitely somebody that just gets yelled at all the time. You and I have experience here. But uh, Mike Pereira, he tweeted a few things, of some changes that the NFL is going to be doing and going forward. Uh, they will probably not be touching the football, the referees that is, that much. Uh, they say the players will be running the ball in. I, I don't know how millionaires or millionaire athletes are going to make a catch. And so we're going to so basically yeah. we're we're going to be allowing ball boys on the field. It sounds something like right. That. I mean, they don't players aren't bringing balls on, on yeah. the field. I, I you know they I, have enough time. They have enough trouble finding their fucking helmets. Yeah, I know. Some of these suggestions, I'm like, what what are we doing? So, uh, but I did see. I, I found it laughable, of course. But you know, Fox 40, who makes. Uh, football referees and basketball uh, whistles, uh, very good products. They've come up with a few products that I found funny. Uh, one is a, a whistle that is like built into a mask, uh, you know, a COVID mask that some guys might wear, which I found entertaining. I've also seen uh, like a, a, a whistle that you use your hand with so you don't have to put it in your mouth and everything. Uh, they're trying these different products out. Um, I, I don't know, Bill. What, what do you think of some of these ideas? I think it's horseshit. I think it's un <laughs> it's unnecessary. Um, you know, I, I don't see the basketball officials no having whistles in their fucking uh, in their in their whatever. You know, yeah. Come on, I think it's Some, if it's that bad, don't play. Yeah, no. You, there, if it's that bad. bad, stay off the field. Yeah, I think football always overdoes things because you have all this time to talk about it. Really, I mean that whole. For the players, the 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 face mask inside the ma face mask or whatever. I'm like, yeah. no, no. You can either play or you can't. You know, at right. some point, right, right. I mean, come on. So anyway, as a former football official, both of us, I thought it was entertaining some of the the conversations that they're talking about football. We mentioned this last week, and I'm not gonna. No one's gonna lose any sleep over preseason football not being around. I, I don't think they should ever play it anyway. Yeah, because all you're doing is the, the regulars aren't playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least with the Ram, when when I watched the Rams last year, none of the starters played. Mm -hmm. no, You're saving them. You don't want yeah. to get them hurt. It's just to look at other guys yeah. and and for the coaches to really have in game situations. Right. But you could simulate that stuff. And, and you're and you're selling. You're putting asses in the seats too. Yeah. And one, so you know what? It's it's not necessary. One thing that I, one forgotten group, I think that uh, they'll find other ways. But like the, the officials not having a few preseason games to warm up in. Don't isn't it mandated that they go to camps? Yes. And get snaps. Yeah. Okay. But I, but I'll say this as okay. someone who's been there when they're when they're doing that, it, it, it is it's very laid back. Well, then maybe we'll they'll say. take it. Maybe they'll take it. Maybe there'll be some mandate to take it serious now. True. Very true. Okay. Um, very true. But I mean, I would if mm -hmm. I know that's my only snaps I'm getting before a regular game. I'm going to go out there and take it a little serious. Yeah. And we want to start the season. Just go out and go. We, you and I, we hate doing scrimmages and games before season. But there is some truth to okay. Let me see a few pitches before I go out there for real. I know. You know? Me, I, I'm just as bad on a scrimmage as I am on a real game. <laughs> I don't give a shit about 
No, no just just let's go. Let's go. Let's Show go. it go. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Hey, let's go. Do each his own. I hear you. I, I, I hate the uh, the extra work. I don't know if we're on the clock or not. Uh, that's funny stuff. Well, uh, some other football news. Uh, we talked about high school last week. We, we've already known what junior college has been doing. Uh, the Division Three conference out here in Southern California that you and I have both worked many games in. Uh, they, you actually broke this news to me. You said uh, the, it's the SCIAC conference, the Southern California Inner Scholastic Athletic Conference, correct? The SCIAC. Yes. yes. They uh, have decided that they will not be playing any fall or winter sports. Is that correct? What did you hear? Uh, well, I know that football is off the table. Football and they're not rescheduling the no, nothing. They just said no. no. Okay. Because I, I think cross country would be okay. I don't think you can, I think, <laughs> you know, you can distance yourself there. I'm not sure about some of the other fall sports. I know football's off the table. And, you know, I was a former football official in the Skyac, and I actually enjoyed working at Sky Skyac games. I'll tell you why. Because you had scholar, what I call scholar athletes out there. Yes. You had kids that were probably big time, um, you know, guys in junior all-American football in, you know, Woodland Hills, California. Okay. Read between the lines here. <laughs> Rich kids going to, um, uh, rich, rich kids going to, um, uh, you know, play football and they're not the most talented, but it's competitive. Very much so. Well, Bill, I would love to continue talking Skyac football, and we will get back to it if necessary. <laughs> we don't get the opportunity to get much breaking news here or uh, you know action live here while we're recording. Uh, we do record this on Tuesday nights, but we're watching the Dodger game here in the background. Had a little bit of fireworks, nothing too major. Uh, interesting, kind of a lot to do about nothing, if you will. Uh, Joe Kelly, a uh, UC Riverside guy, a former player there. Uh, he was pitching, facing Alex Bregman. And Rancho Cucamonga resident. Yes, lives right around the corner. Just up from, the street. From yep. here, right? Uh -huh. uh, well, the Dodgers were leading the Astros. Yes, those Astros, the asterisks, if you will. Uh, five to two in the bottom of the sixth. It was a 3-0 pitch with two outs to Alex Bregman. And I think Joe Kelly, you know, he, he kind of – it just looked like it slipped a little let's bit. Just, <laughs> let's just let's just not call off the bullshit. He threw behind him a purpose pitch, 3-0, no behind doubt. his head, yeah. sent, a per, sent, a, sent a message. Even, even though Joe was not on the 17 team, mm -hmm. he's sticking up for his teammates. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting, and there was a lot of talk about, well, when the Dodgers and Astros finally do play each other, what are things going to be like? Well, it didn't take long. Their first game tonight – uh, playing each other and uh, yeah, a little bit of fireworks. The benches emptied, but it was weird. They were kind of like yeah, they emptied around. after after a curveball thrown to Korea, uh, who you know Joe's wild anyway, and <laughs> there was some you know there was some mouthing off in between innings from Joe to the Houston bench and uh, benches emptied. Of course, everybody was a tough guy. Nobody threw a punch. They just looked at each other. They were trying to adhere to social distancing, but. A lot of posturing. Uh, it looked like a, uh, it looked like um, a, uh, you know, somebody uh, threw a library book at somebody in a, uh, in a, in an Ivy League um, library. Just a bunch of guys standing around be, trying to be tough. Nobody did anything. But this could lead to bigger and better things. You never know. And if there was any guy on the Dodgers that would stand up 
and stick up for his guys, even though they weren't his guys at the time, yeah. would be Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. Because we all know that he's, you know, he's he's a he's a competitor. He's a he's a tough guy. He, you know, not a shock at all. You know, with, and with baseball, look at Kelly threw behind the guy. That was intentional for sure. And then uh, I don't know what was being said out of the dugout. Kelly kind of mocked them a little bit as they were saying it. You know, no one's ever innocent here. I, I hate, listen, if you listen to the Astros a broadcast, they're probably saying what a what a jerk Kelly is, and the Dodgers broadcast. Well, that wasn't it. You know, it's all nonsense. There's no impartiality to anything anymore. And, and so you and I both know, because we've been in the middle of these things, uh, what it's like. And and so it is. It's a lot to do about nothing. Stand around. It's just really odd with these socially distancing guidelines. They were like, didn't know what to do. I guarantee you, if this game was played uh, in front of, without this COVID-19 cloud and the stands were packed, that would have been an all-out brawl. They'd still be fighting right now. There'd still be guys rolling around in the dirt. Um, but because we've got these restrictions and I'm sure even though nobody threw a punch, nobody, anything, I think somebody or the team, or maybe both teams will get fined for this, leaving the dugouts because the rules are explicit that no player or coach manager will leave their position to either argue or, um, engage in any activity like this during this the pandemic games. Yeah. Yeah. So there will be, I guarantee they'll, they'll levy some fines against uh, the teams and which won't mean anything because <laughs> probably two or three of those, those um, cardboard uh, statues will pay the fine. So no big deal. No harm, no foul, no blood, no ambulance. Yeah. As oh Chick Hearn used to say. Yeah. <laughs> Legend, legendary announcer. One of many here. Well, yeah, it's, I've always had the opinion. Baseball players, they want to go fight. It's always just a stand around tough guy contest. And uh, sometimes there's, there's punches and things, but yeah, that that was our first COVID uh, pandemic games here. Very interesting. Very different. One thing I noticed was your boy, Dusty Baker. Dusty is masked up. He's got gloves on sweatbands. I don't know if he's a surgeon or a baseball manager, you know, Dusty is uh, taking this COVID thing serious. Um, you know, he's 71 years old. He's, he's older, you know, which, which is shocking to me because, you know, I, I've known, I, you know, I remember watching Dusty when he was at the Dodgers and the Braves and he was in his twenties and now he's 70 fucking one, you know, God, that makes me feel old. You know, he's Not only he's 10 years older than I am and he's out there and he's gloved up and he's got his mask. And um, so great baseball guy. Dusty's a good dude. I wish him luck with the Astros. He's taken on a kind of a rudderless ship with all the the mess that's going on with the team. But they're they're a talented bunch, mm-hmm. and they could make a run. But you just you know they're 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 going to have a target on their back all year long. Not not only the Dodgers are going to be throwing at them, but other teams will too. Well, and the, and the biggest problem with Astros is that Astros games is that you know there's without fans you can clearly hear the trash cans. So, so they really don't have that in their arsenal anymore. And uh, so I, I don't know what they're going to do in moving forward. They seem to be doing okay, although they're losing tonight. And uh, they seem to be mad at a, a pitcher for throwing behind somebody. And it's not going to be the last, Bill. Baseball's a weird game that way. No, no. Yeah. People, although they, they were, people remember. Mm-hmm. People remember. So, uh, I, and I was at that game seven in Dodger Stadium when the Astros beat them. Mm-hmm. And I, I could tell, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but those guys, especially Springer, 
those guys knew when a fastball was coming because they just, it's like, it was like batting practice at times. Yep. And you could tell something that it, everybody thought that uh, the one guy they had, um, the Asian kid from Texas was tipping his pitches for the Dodgers. I can't remember his name. Off the oh, head. um, yeah, 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 uh, and he was tipped. They thought he was tipping his pitches, and because they just teed off on him. Mm-hmm. And it, when Kershaw came in, you Darvish, you Darvish, and Kershaw came in and and shut him down. And everybody second guessed Roberts for not starting Kershaw game seven on like three to two days rest or whatever it was. But you could tell there was something in the mix uh-huh. because those guys were just teeing off on fastballs. <laughs> Ever on the ready, my lads. Ever yes. on the ready. Yes. <laughs> Man, crazy stuff. It's weird that we have, and yeah, we're talking about Sky football, and all of a sudden turn around and it's like, wait, what is this? A uh, little little controversy here. Uh, things going on. So getting back to Sky football. Oh yeah, I absolutely enjoyed <laughs> working on a Saturday afternoon at Pomona Pitzer in front of about 150 people in the stands because it was good, wholesome football. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't worry about getting stabbed in the parking lot when you left the game. You didn't worry about somebody throwing an you know an ice chest at you. Yeah. It was good fun, good football. And like I say, the 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 student athletes were more 90% students and 10% athlete. <laughs> and the coaches were pretty good guys. Um, you know, and the the talent that would come to those games as far as like moms, sisters, cheerleaders, <laughs> grandmothers was outstanding. Oh, Bill. So the visual on those games was great. It's good to know you were watching the, the playing field, watching well, the, the game itself. During halftime or during a timeout, you know, you always want to check your surroundings. That's the top of you. So, um, and most of the time you, you're, you played these games in nice areas like, I mean, Claremont, Laverne, Pomona, mm-hmm. you had the Claremont Village. Yeah. And so for an adult beverage after the game with the crew to go and talk about and, and debrief was always a fun time. Mm-hmm. Always a good, good atmosphere. So I enjoyed working Skyhawk football. No, same here. And I, you know, traveling's part of the job, you know, unfortunately, and, and going to San Diego, going up north or whatever. But there was something nice about the conference. All the games were really, really close. Three teams right in our backyard, really. Actually four with Whittier. Oh, and Whittier's not too far. Yeah. Uh Redlands, great program out, yes. you know, down, down out there in the yes. east side. And then uh, one school that was kind of away from everyone else. But but just it wasn't bad. It was fun. You kind of knew what you were getting into every week. And, you know, you never had to worry about doors being open for you or parking spots no. or all the little Occidental College, a good, good place to go back then in, in uh, Eagle Rock. Mm-hmm. Nice little spot. Yeah. Uh, but but a lot more day games, especially the Claremont, like you said. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're having an adult beverage at 4.30 or the, so. The problem was is long. you would work a high school game the night before on Friday. Yeah. And, again, you would have to go debrief somewhere, usually at a pizza joint or some dive bar. <laughs> so getting up on a Saturday was challenging at times. <laughs> not, not always easy. Um, but it was fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, fun. the sky, sky football weather. They won't be playing. I don't know if they've ever had a canceled season. Um, but just another thing that kind of hits home out here. I do know more and more, I'll say smaller conferences are saying, you know what, it's probably best that we don't play. We talked last week about the big schools, the big conferences playing. They're going to do everything they can. But uh, Skyac football, to be continued another day, another uh, another season, we'll say. Uh, I wish them all well. Uh, yeah, I, I've yet to know any 
Skyak football athlete that has ever played in the NFL? That could be a good trivia question. That is a good trivia That could be a question that we could probably – well, I stand corrected, but I don't think they were Skyak at the time. Um, Skyak uh, back, back at uh, Occidental was uh, Jack Kemp, our former uh, uh, senator, I believe he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, a former NFL umpire by the name of Ron Botchin. Great name. (laughs) Ronnie Botchin and him were teammates at Occidental uh, back in the 50s, 60s, whenever they played. Okay. Those are the only two real famous ones that come to mind. Um, There could be more. But those are the only – I I guess Kemp would be the only guy that um, ever – Went to the NFL, uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback. Interesting. Well, and you, and that's the thing we talked about that preseason. You, like you get a lot of you got your draft picks, and then you got a lot of guys, Division three guys, Division two, who are undrafted free agents that only get a few preseason snaps, and they're just trying to make the practice squad or, or make the make a final spot or something. So uh, a lot of different things going on, and a lot of guys' seasons have ended now without. Uh, or I don't know if they're going to get more eligibility or not. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, sky football, good times. Uh, what was I going to say here, Bill, regarding football? Uh, so how long did you work high school and college football, would you say? From 1998 to 2008, 10 okay. years, 10 years. And I gave it up just to concentrate on baseball. And I, kind of the same, similar route, we'll say, is something I did. Um, I think I've asked you this before, but just real quick, I mean, what? Football is more of a sport where you need to put in like a lot of off the field time, right? What what was ultimately the biggest reason you said, you know what, I need to walk away. We know to focus on baseball, but what kind of was like you walking away? Did you miss it at all? I mean, tell me about stepping away from football. Not really. I, I wrote, I mean, I, I ended my career on a CIF final mm-hmm. and uh, I said, well, I've done everything I can here. You know, my work is done. Um, and I wanted to concentrate on baseball and I, you know, was still working then. So I had, I had a lot to juggle and football was one that I could put down because, you know, it was a weekend, solely a weekend deal. And, uh, it was interfering with a lot of things. So I said, okay, enough done. (laughs) Well, kind of talking some uh, quick NFL here, there's always NFL news, whether the it's in season or not. And, uh, we don't have to go into the whole mascot names and everything. That's probably a different show, but I will say, do you find the, renaming of the Washington Redskins to the, they're not talking about the Redskins. Uh, that's a separate show, but to be, to, did you think in 2020 you'd see a team called the Washington football team? No, I mean, no, really? it's, what is it's, that? it's completely over the top. No one has given a shit about the Redskins, the Cleveland Indians, the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. the Chicago uh, White Sox, the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do we draw the line on this? That's that's the point. Where do we draw the fucking line? Yeah. I, you, you I mean, you can't make everything be offensive. And, and not everything. And, and aren't mascots aren't, aren't mascots something you're supposed to be like proud of as well? Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a it's a what was your the John W North? What were you guys? We were Huskies. The Huskies. Yeah. So like a dogs. A, a dog. A wolf. Yeah. 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 Wow. Husky. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way that that's offensive. Uh, I'm sure I could figure it There's out. There's probably a way because they shit they shit in your house and oh. you pee on things and and chew shit up. Oh. I guess you could, if you really want to dive into it, you could. 
that's the thing is if you want to look for negativity, you you can find it. But do you really want to work that hard? No. I mean, why? No, we're, we're, we're bending over backwards to make things politically correct to the point where it's absolutely laughable and ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I'm right there with you. I, just, I, don't think, I don't think there's one Indian out there that gives a rat's ass no. that a team is named the Washington Redskins. No. Because, you know why? Because, or the Cleveland Indians. You know, there used to be a team called the, was there not a team called the, 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 um, the Americans? I don't know. I take offense to that. <laughs> or, you know, I mean. What, what's, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, your background, but what's your, uh, where are, where's the Barnes family name? Where's the family tree go? Well, believe it or not, there's some, I, you know, you never know by looking at me, but, you know, um, Dutch ancestry, South Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, my name was shortened from Barnes to Barnes from Von Barnes okay. way back. And my mom has, there's some Cuban in my mom's tree. Wow. So I'm a mixed bag of, I'm, you know. Sure. Yeah. You're just all, yeah, you're, you're just, right. You're all, all kinds of, maybe that's out. why I'm so fucked up. Who yeah. knows? You know, I, got, I didn't know we were fellow Dutchmen. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Norm Van Brocklin. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites. Oh, me too. Same yeah. here. Awesome stuff. Well, <laughs> oh, family. John Vandermeer. <laughs> Vandy camp bakeries. Oh, Love it all. Good stuff. Well, yeah. oh my goodness. Uh, well, you know, this kind of turned into just a, a sports conversation today which i'm fine with i'm fine with it too because i'll tell you what the other stuff's really fucked up and it's not changing it's not getting any better yeah. there's no use talking about it mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do there's not a all we can do is make ourselves pissed off and more angry there's nothing we can do about it mm -hmm. um yeah. calmer calmer heads have not prevailed there's no common sense out there whatsoever about the way we're handling shit nowadays mm -hmm. you've still got the same idiotic fucks in charge <laughs> And until they're voted out of office, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Uh huh. So there's nothing you can do. 97 days, man, till the election. It's, right. uh, it's coming, getting here little by little. Uh, seems around the corner, but man, time, late March when everything happened here, it's been, I'll say March, April, May, June. It's been four months now mm -hmm. um, uh, since everything is kind of. I've become, I've become less of a drinker more of a philosopher. I've become a little mellow. I've become a really a lot more mellow in my, I mean, you listen to this, this the broadcast I did in April compared to now, you know, it's like I, I someone gave me a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. It's, it's, I've gotten, because I've, I've, you know, it's like, Hey, what can you do? Yeah. Anger and being pissed, pissed can only take you so far. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just, you know, you got to just roll over and take it. <laughs> so, I mean, I need another bench clearing brawl right now in this Dodger game. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to submit. <laughs> he's talking about uh, UFC fighting, guys. Yes, uh, absolutely. That is, that is what he's, he's discussing absolutely. here. <laughs> Well, Bill, anything else you want to chat about? I got nothing. Wise, nothing. I got nothing. I want to get a drink and I want to watch the rest of Dodger game. We drained it all. Okay. Drained it sounds it. good. I love it. Yeah. Well, and and other breaking news, believe it or not, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, as of press time, are actually winning a game <laughs> against Seattle. <laughs> wow. In an empty uh, 
Edison Field or Angel Stadium or whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah, a <laughs> couple of uh, Pacific Coast League teams there. Yeah, a couple of double A teams. Oh my goodness, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to make sixteen team. They should playoff no, either of them. No, the the Angels are are, are probably a, a fairly mediocre junior college team, <laughs> with the exception, of course, Trout, Pujols, and um, Rendon, who's back now after whatever injury he had. So, anyway. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, Bill, thanks again for having us here. I appreciate you coming on here. Again, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, let's let's put an umbrella in your drink here. And uh, ever on the ready, right? Ever, ever, on my, ever on the ready, my lads. Ever on the ready. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. Always fun catching up with you. Already looking forward to next week. Can't wait to uh, chat some more sports, hopefully uh, less politics and uh, more sports, hopefully more good things. We'll see what happens. Uh, we got a week to uh, see what happens, assess what happens, and uh, I'm sure we will be in touch soon. Thanks again, Bill. Well, guys, that'll wrap up another episode here on the Get Home Safe podcast. One thing I wanted to mention that I didn't have an opportunity to mention in the future, uh, a big congratulations to a very good friend of mine, Jeremy Riggs, for getting his Major League Baseball umpiring debut on Tuesday, working a doubleheader at the Cleveland Indians, we should say. Jeremy and I started Minor League Baseball together. We were roommates uh, our first year. He's from Virginia. Uh, we've been in touch uh, a long time. He come out to California and visited a few times, so he's really, uh, really stuck it out and put in a lot, a lot of years. I can't believe uh, we started in '09, and he's he's still uh, plugging away at this thing. And uh, big congratulations to you, Jeremy, uh, and to uh, your entire family because it's not just uh, you know a lot of different people make it happen. So I uh, hope you're out celebrating, and uh, you know what, uh, many, to many more games, my friend, to many more games. Well, guys, as always, you can follow the Get Home Safe podcast through many different platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com we would love to hear from you if you want to reach out to us through any of those platforms we also have a feature on the anchor app where you can send a voice message to us we can play that message on the air and then give our answer or response to your question or statement if you'd like to do that it's on the anchor app you can do it through the website it's a green button it says messages pretty self-explanatory we would love to hear from you but if you don't want to leave your voice message uh, any social media platform or email address would uh, would be great so we look forward to that thanks again for listening guys it's been great to be back in town again and to chat with bill tomorrow on the program we will be joined by joe maiden joe maiden is a college baseball umpire a uh, great guy great uh, all-around guy I, I think bill has had an opportunity to work with joe more than i have but a fun guy uh at times most of the time we'll say uh it's fun catching up with him so looking forward to you guys hearing what's going on with him and uh it's gonna be a, a great time to catch up uh, and him fill us he'll, for him to fill us in on how things have been during this quarantine and uh just catching up with the, the college baseball umpire joe works in the postseason he works primarily in the pac-12 so it's been different for him as well as many other umpires who have not had the opportunities to work college baseball in the spring so uh looking forward to that interview tomorrow be sure to tune in and join us well we will wrap things up here thanks again for tuning in we are already looking forward to next week with bill and our shows uh the remainder of the week here on thursday and friday but guys whatever you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base Get home safe.